Ian Watches podcast. Well, here we are. We did it. One full year of doing this podcast. And don't just take it from me, but Spence and Buzz as well. And that we never thought we'd get to this point. So in order to celebrate, we thought we'd bring in a couple special guest cameos throughout the episode, as well as playing a pretty fun party game that I'm sure you guys will get a kick out of. But don't worry, we still talk about watches. Namely, the new Chronomaster from Zenith, the new Bulgari, and something about the 5711 going away. But seriously, guys, for me and the other co-hosts on this podcast, we cannot thank you enough for supporting us for this past year. It's honestly still surprising to us that you all really enjoy us rambling about watches, and seriously, we cannot thank you enough for supporting this podcast. So get ready and sit back. And this is my privilege to say... But here it is, year two of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. Hey guys, it's Bro. Uh, just calling because that check came back, insufficient funds, and I'm not really sure what's going on. Um, just give me a call back when you get this. Thanks. <laughs> In all seriousness, uh, Buzz, Spence, Spangler, it's been a riot getting to know you three both on and off air. Uh, I hope you guys just continue carving out your niche for years to come. Uh, your fun and lighthearted takes are a welcome change of pace for all watch media. So a huge congrats to everyone involved in the Whiskey and Watches podcast. The boys from Brohio on making it to one year. Grandpa and Buzzy's mom, that's you too. Stay classy, Cincinnati. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 53 of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. This is our one-year anniversary special, so you will recognize some tropes uh, from some other podcasts that may or may not have recently crossed uh, some anniversary thresholds. Felt it was okay to steal that intro because they stole our tagline in our in our last uh, in their two-year anniversary episode. So Rick and Ricky, uh, I enjoy listening to you. Hope you guys don't mind that I did my own spin on your intro, uh, but we are also enthusiasts, not experts, and we may have been that. We maybe we weren't that first, but we uh, we used it first. Anyway, uh, welcome everyone to episode fifty-three. Um, you heard our boy Brodinky uh, give us a little shout out there. You're gonna you're gonna hear a couple of those uh, throughout the episode. Uh, don't take them too seriously because we sure don't. <laughs> but we do appreciate that everyone took the time to come up with something. Um, be it funny or profound or a little mix of both. Thanks, guys. Yes. Uh, you know, we, we we love all seven of you that listen. Um, and I like to think of our listeners as like a Hodinkee limited edition. You're all one of seven. There may be more of you, there may be less of you, and nobody really knows. So <laughs> that's kind of how I think about our listenership. Um, but you'll always sell for above MSRP. So. Yes, it's always quality. There's always a ton of hype. Um <laughs> I don't know about that either. There's probably literally no hype. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> now that we got that out of the way, uh, we will go ahead and start uh, as we do always. I don't think we've ever, ever missed this. Uh, unlike other things, we will go ahead and go with a wrist check and a drink check. So Buzzy, lead it off, please. All right. Well, before I get into the wrist check and drink check, I've got a couple of fun birthday surprises for this episode. The first surprise Your is... camera just came back. <laughs> That's right. For Are you everybody... overtime? <laughs> For everyone at home. Amazing. Wagger Jack, our boy Spangler, <laughs> and wear a bolo tie. 
<laughs> the trend is catching on. I love it. Spread <laughs> the gospel. Now, granted, I, I don't know exactly how stylish my Eagle Scout bolo tie is, but it was the only one I had. <laughs> Buzz, it's incredibly stylish, and don't ever think it isn't. It did crack up my wife uh, when, <laughs> when I put this on before the podcast. I I started talking to her about something else, and she just started laughing. And she's like, "Are you not even going to address the fact that you're wearing a bolo tie right now?" <laughs> no, I'm just getting into it. It's just just a thing I do these days. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I was wondering why your screen was uh, blurred there from the beginning. He was exactly. he was very coy about that when he joined uh, before we started a recording. And I was like, I'm like it's like there's something on your camera. Did you smudge it? He was like, yeah, I don't know. It's just weird. <laughs> <laughs> Had a piece of Post-it note over it. That's what I thought it <laughs> All right. Second birthday surprise. We've got a little game that we're playing. And I didn't come up with an alliterative name for it, so too bad. But we're going to play the little game. Every time you mispronounce Omega, you have Mm -hmm. to drink. And whoever drinks the most, or has to because they've screwed up the most, gets to take this spiffy guy home for a week. This is a steel bagel sport. Subledge is the oh, finest, finest piece of horology. Twenty bucks will get you off of eBay. Back, back uh, about ten years ago, I got one because I wanted something that I could take apart and not be sad <laughs> if it never went back together again. So, whoever messes up Omega the most gets to to rep the steel bagel sport lifestyle and i would also say has to post on ig i'm game <laughs> i mean it's gonna be me let's be honest here so i just need to like is will it, will it fit a seven and a half inch, inch wrist buzz it's on a nato strap man it's on a Beautiful. nato <laughs> perfect okay <laughs> size that bad boy up for me all right for the drink tonight I've got a real treat. Tasting notes for this whiskey state that it's made by their master distiller from only the highest quality grains and pristine spring water. This whiskey is velvety smooth with an enormous bouquet of complex vanilla, honey, spice, and toasted oak aromas. Did you get that from the Venom Tasting Institute? (laughs) The initial sweet, nutty (laughs) characters followed by a rich, creamy taste with slightly spicy finish. You know in your very soul what this is. This is 91 points of light on the hill. Kirkland's best Canadian whiskey. <laughs> it couldn't be anything else. I mean, it really it had, to. It had to be. Nothing, nothing says birthday like Costco whiskey. <laughs> Imported by wide world importers of Louisville, Kentucky. Does that mean Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull, is involved? I don't know. Maybe it's just a coincidence. Probably is. Yeah, Costco whiskey. It's the only birthday drink for me. On my wrist, I've got my Breitling Colt Chrono Super Quartz. 38 millimeters of fun. I still love the dial. Look at it. All of the minute detail every single time I wear it. 
And I also think that it needs a leather NATO though for uh, for alternate wear. It just just seems like the sort of crazy nonsense that would really really bump it up a notch. Not a jubilee. <gasps> Ooh. Ooh. The plot thickens. That's a good idea. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe both. Yeah, why not both? Why not both? Make it a thing. We'll make it happen. We're yeah, we're we're doing it. We're making it a thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Spangler. All right. Well, since Buzz introduced a few of the fun things that we're going to be doing tonight, uh, I might as well introduce another fun thing that I uh, recently downloaded for this episode. Um, it's a little fun. Oh. All uh, right. just, an, just a fun soundboard. It's been 53 episodes. I figured we should get into the sound effect game because we got to step it up a notch. It's year two for us. We're taking it to a whole nother level. Soundboards. Watch out, everybody. We're that podcast now. <laughs> All right. Unfortunately, uh, as Spence pointed out to me earlier, I should be drinking a PBR Extra tonight because that is, of course, my drink for this podcast. It's become mine. Everyone knows it by me, you know, that kind of thing. Um, But I'm drinking an aptly named beer for this podcast um, from Rusty Rail Brewing uh, from somewhere in Pennsylvania. I don't really care. Uh, It's their birthday suit, birthday cake inspired ale for our one year podcast. Um, Yeah, good Good, good, solid all-around beer. I'll probably never buy it again, but, you know, it's fantastic. Um, and on the wrist, uh, I figured I'd wear a watch that uh, sort of sums up what we, uh, what we do in the podcast. Um, so it's a micro brand from one of our favorite ones that we've interviewed for the – we've interviewed them twice, actually. Um, and also ties in with uh, Zach Weiss from Warner Wound, but it's my Laurier Gemini Warner Wound limited edition, and I figured this is probably the best one to be wearing – uh, for our one-year anniversary, so yeah, that is a Absolutely. great one to be wearing. Yeah, it covers three different episodes. It yeah. does. Yep, and some of our most popular get, ones too. Yeah, try to get the most bang for my buck in, and uh, yeah, I just lo- love Laurier so much. You never know; I may have just gotten another one. You never know. Oh, Ooh. You have to wait to season two, episode two, to find that out. <laughs> yes, it's gonna be a fun wrist check. Hopefully, next next week. Hopefully, 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 hopefully. Fingers crossed. Come on, mail. USB is right. pulling me down. Well, since you all both did, well, I'm trying. Yeah, you guys both did the drink check first. So the drink check is what I'll start with. I am drinking uh, the new Riff single barrel, Richter and Phillips. Uh, edition that they bottled at the Whiskey and Watches event that Buzzy and I went to just over a year ago. Uh, I feel like that is a, an apt choice for uh, the one-year anniversary, seeing as we kind of stole our name from that event. Um, had their watchmaker, <laughs> a bit. Friend, of, friend of the show, their watchmaker, uh, Matt, has been a, a guest. Um, and, you know, obviously, we, we that's where we get all of our, uh, all of our fondling in, right, Evan? <laughs> Oh, love it. It's my favorite spot. <laughs> to go fondle watches, yes. Because we haven't had Red Bar meetups, you know, but you can go in and fondle watches that your friends may buy. Um, so I, I figured that had to be in the glass um, tonight. And then uh, on wrist, I feel like, again, only fitting that uh, even though Buzzy and I went to that uh, Whiskey and Watches event last year, the year prior, uh, 
actually, yeah, that was our that was our second whiskey and watches event. The year prior, we went, and that is where we met one Evan Spangler, <laughs> with our boy Ryan, who's been on the show. Different Ryan than you'll hear uh, later here shortly. Different Ryan, not the same Ryan. Um, but this watch was the reason I'm wearing my Tudor Black Bay Steel. I guess I should tell you all what it is. Um, <laughs> helps. It kind of helps. Uh, but the OG Swiss watch in my collection, the one that kind of started the whole bug, the one that is going to my my firstborn Pierce uh, when he turns what I feel is an appropriate age. The jury is still out on what that is. We'll kind of see. Um, but uh yeah, that's the watch that Ryan approached me with. We went out for beers later. We started our group chat, then you know, got to know the Red Bar guys. And then a year ago, decided, hey, let's give this whole podcasting thing a try. Um, so yeah, it, it couldn't not be this one. Um, you know, this, this watch, not only did it have a lot of special meaning anyways, um, but it's it's been a crazy year for a lot of reasons. Um, but the podcast has given... I think the three of us a chance to get together and talk about something that we all enjoy for at least an hour, sometimes more because the episodes are when the episodes are done, we keep shooting the breeze. Um, Let's be honest here. It's always more than an hour. Oh, it's always more than an hour. It it hasn't not been. I know that we laugh. You go back to the first one, which I'm hesitant to go and do. Um, And (laughs) I would not recommend it for those. No, I don't go all the way. I mean, maybe if you're just curious to see what we thought this was going to turn into the whole idea, you have to remember January last year, we were going to work. So this was going to be our little commute talk and watches podcast, you know, just little, little, little segments. And we still do the Omega opinions and the defunct design and the fresh form find, which we're going to do here in a second. So we have our little segments, but uh, it's turned into something different and it's, it's still been a lot of fun. And, And if, if anything, at least for me, and I'm sure for Buzz Spangler, probably less so. It's a it's a reason for our wives to let us <laughs> talk about watches for at least an hour once a week. Um, that would like us doing this via like like FaceTime just randomly for no good reason. That would not be allowed. So the fact that we're quote creating content, uh, <laughs> um, that's how we spin it. That we get to talk about this and, and record at least once a week. Um, so I've I've really enjoyed it. Um, so it, it's been it's been a crazy year. It's been enjoyable. I really, you know, really, really want to thank the two of you for for joining me in this, be, being willing to join me in this weird endeavor of, hey, why don't we see if we can do this? And I go back to, you know, looking at the stats and everything downloads. I, I go back and I went on that first one. I said, hey, guess how many people downloaded that first episode we did on day one? And it's hysterical. Um, it was six people. Six people. I think one of them was Buzz, potentially, because he knew we were doing it and he was going to be a guest at some point, which means that in that entire year, we've added one solid listener. So I'm really appreciative for that. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, so that I'll conclude that that can be my Spence's soliloquy, which I, I, I guess should have been an aptly named section um, for my rants that I tend to go on. But I would also be remiss. Um, I know we're, rec- we're recording this as we typically do the Monday before we release it. Um, but tomorrow is my little sister's birthday. I know she doesn't listen, but she's helped my grandpa get set up to listen, uh, with his Bluetooth headset. So, uh, happy birthday, Alyssa. I know you're not listening, but grandpa will appreciate that. I said that (laughs) (laughs) anyway, so that concludes the wrist check and the drink check. So why don't we go ahead and play another one of these from one of our listeners? 
boys, it's Ryan. Just wanted to tell you congratulations on a year of your Whiskey and Watches podcast. Uh, really impressed you made it 52 weeks, given that your content is about as overrated as Skyline Chili and Notre Dame football. Uh, looking forward to another year. And Buzz, please stop drinking that big box whiskey. I'm literally embarrassed for you. Uh, please tell all 11 of your listeners that they can follow me on Instagram at Ryan Wears Watches. That's R-Y-A-N-W-E-A-R-S-W-A-T-C-H-E-S. Thanks, boys. Take care. Well, there you have it from our boy Ryan Wears Watches. Uh, and, and for those of you who can tell, he actually has made it to the end of one of our episodes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is surprising because I figure most people just like to cut out halfway through. <laughs> hey, you know, we, we've gotten a, a few of these to play during the episode. Ryan's was the only one that I've listened to ahead of time. I wanted to react fresh <laughs> uh, to all the rest of them. The big box whiskey, big box flavor, big box value. <laughs> I am embarrassed for you, my friend, that you haven't experienced the beauty that six whole years of aging can create. <laughs> uh, so I, I've, I've been chatting with Ryan for quite a while, and I don't know. Um, he may just be a little bit upset that his Auburn Tigers didn't quite do as well as the Irish did against Alabama this year, uh, based on total points scored, points allowed, and margin. Um, or maybe it could have be it could be the 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 really overhyped or overrated uh, Tudor Black Bay Fifty Eight Blue he bought. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> obviously, Ryan, we're just messing with you. Thanks for thanks for sending us the recording. Um, and obviously, you know we we've been t- talking about having him on for a while. And you know this year with the focus on trying to do more collector conversations, I'm sure you'll get to hear from Ryan at some point. Again, not the Ryan who's been on, different Ryan. So yes, more well, more Ryan. Yeah, we, there's so many Ryans out there. It's it's tough to keep them all straight. Um, there's two that we know. One, Ryan, two. Thanks, thanks for the the well wishes, War Damn Eagle. But <laughs> seriously, too many football teams are called the Tigers. What's up with that? That is accurate. I don't know. That is accurate. Yeah, Ryan, thank you so much for the uh, the shout out. Uh, I'm so sorry that you have to be stuck an Auburn fan, knowing that there are two other teams in the uh, SEC that tend to be uh, top dog. Uh, not saying that I'm rooting for another team that happens to be called the Tigers, but um, you know, <laughs> what can I say? Um, <clears throat> go Tigers! Um, but yeah, thanks, Ryan. Thanks for the shout out. How do you, how do you spell go there, Spangler? Oh, G E A U X. Okay, all right. Just want to make sure. It's the French oh, yeah. version. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we should move on to our uh, fresh forum find uh, quickly or fast, as some of us might say. Uh, <laughs> um, sometimes they're fast. Sometimes they're fresh. You got to be fast. And the, you want them to be fresh. Um, you got to be fresh. <laughs> to, to make this even more interesting we decided that we would all pick from our favorite brand that we have a lot of opinions on. That would be Omega. Uh, just to make sure that we all trip up a little bit more uh, to make this drinking game more fun. Because if we all nailed it, it uh, would be decidedly less fun. And we hope you're all playing along at home. Um, not in the car, obviously. <laughs> or Yeah. And like, 
that you're allowed to drink alcohol. Like, you know, if you're underage, don't don't do what we've probably done in the past. <laughs> Buzz's mom don't and my grandpa are not listening to that part. <laughs> don't drink PBRs in somebody's car in a random parking lot. Don't do it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Take it from me. It never goes anywhere good. Uh, anyway. Well, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and kick this off because I usually go last. And I figured why not change it up? And I've got I've got a gem from Omega, um, Omega, Omega, Omega. <laughs> Show off! <laughs> I haven't had enough whiskey yet. Um, I've got this is for you, Buzzy. We talked about this. We've talked about this. Um, it is an Omega. Dang it! Ah. Mm. Okay, it's an Omega Seamaster Planet Ocean, 600 meter, 42 millimeters, reference 2209 spot 50. You like the accountant spot there. Um, coaxial 2500 with the orange bezel. <gasps> really? Yes. So, Buzzy, this would be your first event. Yeah, huh? thank you. The, the round of applause. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> I don't know if this is a screaming deal, but it was the only one I could find at this price point. This one can be yours. Uh, I believe this is on the Reddit watch exchange. So I don't know exactly uh, where that's going. $2,800. Nice. Yeah. Nice that's price. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Yeah. Yeah. One of okay. my friends at work has a first gen planet ocean he actually has the 45 he has the big hoss mm-hmm. and it's it's sweet i would definitely go 42 i was mentioning to spence offline that this year seems like a, a good year for for either the seamaster professional the non-bond that's uh, what twenty two fifty four, I believe, or uh, a first gen Planet Ocean. Uh, I like them before they got super thick. Not the third gen's pretty sweet too, but there's something that I love about the orange bezel first gen. Nice. Yeah. Any any watch that has association association with a uh, with Bond is a pretty good choice from Amiga, I would say. James Bond and not the orange bezel version, but Jeremy Clarkson from good old Top Gear. <laughs> <laughs> Had to. Yep. Had to be done. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I'm the only one on this podcast that doesn't know anything about cars. So I've heard of Top Gun before or Top Gear. Well, they are well, both should drink for that. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> One's a movie from 1986. The other is a car television show. <laughs> you know what? They're close enough. That's fair. <laughs> I can time together. I can time together. Clarkson also wears an IWC uh, Top Gun chronograph. So there you go. Uh-huh. Maybe that's your confusion. You just blinded by yeah, the yeah, yeah, clearly that, that was what it was right yeah. there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Obviously. They are always wearing watches. They are. Gear, to be fair. They are. Top Gear or Top Gun? Why not yes. both? <laughs> There's the awesome, only play awesome flex yeah. to check the time during the volleyball scene in Top Gun. <laughs> I was just going to make a volleyball uh, game punt joke. Damn it. 
Anyway, Spangler, why not? You're up next. Okay, well, when it comes to mine, uh, honestly, I don't look into too much Omega. Call me old-fashioned, but uh, I have my Speedmaster, and that's really that's really all I like from the brand. But there was some, some stuff they put out a few years ago that tickled my fancy, uh, namely their Trilogy Collection. And the Speedmaster from that Trilogy Collection is amazing. Um, that Seamaster is equally as amazing. But I think the one that never got as much credit as it deserved uh, was the Railmaster. And so I present to you all the listeners out there today uh, from the Rolex forums of all places. I didn't actually notice that from earlier. That's a strange place to put this. Um, it doesn't matter, though. But a 2017 Omega Railmaster 60th anniversary full set coming in at 4550 which, of course, you can get down probably closer to four, uh, hopefully. It's up to your negotiating skills. I don't really know. Uh, the The cheapest I've ever seen one of these sell for was thirty seven hundred. So if you can get it down close to that, you are nearing the bottom end of this. Um, these watches are just fantastic, in my opinion. Bare bones, just no frills, perfect. If you're looking for that vintage explorer, but don't want to shell out, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, these watches are perfect for you. Um, yeah, you get the modern accoutrements of Omega with the vintage flair and styling that people like these days. So, well, and you and you say no frills, but those are still very, very anti-magnetic. Oh yeah, they're incredibly anti-magnetic. So, yeah, that that's a frill. Nope. Like it, it is time only, <laughs> but like that is a very nice thing to have. It's a frill you can't see, but it's there. It's like your friend that is. I don't know where I'm going with that. Um, <laughs> It's like your friend that's always there, but you never see. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Who knows? There aren't any frills on the watch or any frippery that is uh, susceptible to getting magnetized. There you go. Important. Some yeah, buzz of you already uh, messaged the guy about the uh, speed, uh, the planet ocean yet? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, maybe. <laughs> Don't tell your wife. No, not 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 yet. <laughs> um, I kind of operate uh, on the assumption that anything on Watch Exchange on Reddit is going to evaporate before I could actually sign up for a Reddit account and talk to the person. So it's well, just like you- this carnival sideshow of of used watch ads. Are you saying you have not signed up for a Reddit account yet, Buzz? I'm a lurker, my friend. This is what I do. I lurk. <laughs> why, would I, why would I want to contribute to something? Says the man it's who joined the podcast after six episodes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just never left, guys. You're full, you're full of burns tonight, Spence. I mean... Why would I want to contribute to anything except 50 plus episodes of a podcast? <laughs> I was I was hoping that one of you guys would, would have picked that one up. Thank you, Spence. It's like soft talk. <laughs> Just right there. Bob, Bob that softball to you. Mm-hmm. All right, Spence, what do, you, what do you got? I already did mine. It's Buzz's turn. That's right. Remember, we That's changed right. it up. Season two, we're changing it up. The, I thought you did the Planet Ocean. I did. 
No, oh, I was just talking about. Out. I was just talking about how much I liked Planet Oceans. That's that's the confusion. Good lord. Okay. I've already had way too much drink. Pretty strong beer. Yeah. I have a very. I think this is a pretty cool Amiga. I'm not sure whether this is the first time that we've had a mod watch on the fresh forum find. There it is. This is an Omega Seamaster Pro. So the SMP non-bond, that's what started its life as. uh, 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 uh. Then Dr. Frankenstein came along here and decided to make the ultimate, as he calls it, Plan Pro, Planet Professional. This has a Planet Ocean bezel assembly handset crystal and date wheel uh, from the first gen some uh, components to make the hand heights correct and then a non-america's cup dial from a 2230.50 so that is the smp sword hands one but it has applied indices so what you have here is you have the uh, SMP, but you have the bezel out of the Planet Ocean. That's what jumps out to you at first. It's pretty neat looking. He does note that the bezel is tough to turn because, well, guess what? That bezel never was designed to go on that watch. Uh, but the case and everything else is in great shape he noted that it's refinished oh surprise surprise i mean it's got different watch parts on it but it's got all of the original cards and box and all of that for the um you know for the uh, smp that it was based off of it's all that stuff from 2004 all this craziness under three bills, my friend, $2,795 firm. It is a mishmash of stuff that I've never seen before. I think it looks kind of cool. Somebody out there is going to buy it. Maybe you, not me. I need somebody. To look this will. Up. I need to look this up and see it. Cause I'm trying to figure it. Cause it's on watch. It's on watch. You seek. Okay. I'm trying yeah, to figure it's out how this cool. all works. So the, the funny thing is that one of the, the big knocks on the non-bond SMP and probably also the bond, because they both have that scalloped bezel, is that the bezel is hard to grab and turn when it's wet. Mm. So you've got the, the Planet Ocean bezel on it that is obviously much better. But it's also they, hard to turn. Well, because it doesn't yeah. fit the watch. Yeah, because it, so aesthetically, it looks like it might be easier to turn. <laughs> yeah, good point. Got me there. Got me there. That being said, I do wish that it had the original sword hands. I like the Planet Ocean hands, but on the Planet Ocean. The funny thing is the Planet Ocean dials very similar. Uh, you know, it's just got the, the Arabics on there. 
Yeah, I just I figured that everyone might be interested in the in looking at it. Um, I, I think it's neat. It's priced right in where both of those models are priced. But obviously, you're buying something that did not come from a factory that way. So there's always there's always uh, potential difficulties lurking. Yeah, check it out. That is interesting. I, I do want to see what this thing looks like. Yeah, I don't think it's going to come through that great on the on the camera, but. That's in. That is different. Yeah, I don't. That is very different. The wave dial. So I forget. Yeah, the wave dial is pretty slick. Um, with those indices, yeah, I, I'm with you. I kind of would like to see the uh, the sword hands on that. Yeah, I think that would really be that would really be something. I wonder if he still has them from the donor watch. So. Yeah, that would be a good question to ask the seller. It would. I do see a handset. I see a picture that has the handset and the original dial and date wheel uh, and bezel. So I would just verify uh, if those are are going with the watch. That so so that together would be interesting. Like if you got the OG, like I don't know why he would keep it if he's not keeping i don't know that's a conversation that's that's a whole nother rabbit hole to go down um <laughs> but that is very interesting it looks better than i was expecting it to it really does I'll give him that it really does <laughs> so that's interesting I mean, what can i say i do love a good modded omega <laughs> yeah. not that i may have one but uh it's always good to see people screwing around with it you know it shows that you can't take this hobby too seriously, even though it's an expensive watch, but you know, you can mess around with it. It's your watch. Why not? This is accurate. Go for it. This is accurate. All right. Well, before we move on and talk about some some more chronographs and some other things that have been released here uh this week, why don't we hear uh hear from our boys at uh out in Oregon from forty and twenty? Whiskey and Watches. What's the, that? The Whiskey and Watches podcast. The guy, the guys, the Whiskey and Watches. Oh, okay. It's Benson. Okay, sure. Hey there, uh, Spencer, Egon, and Buzzy, uh, and is there a fourth one? Yeah, what's the, what's the fourth one's name? Hey guys, this is uh, Andrew and Everett from Forty and Twenty. Just giving you congratulations on your one year of podcasting. Whoop, whoop. We have a celebratory noise. Play it. Oh, th- this one? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> nope. That's not the one. Nope. <laughs> there we go. Congratulations, you guys, on your one year anniversary. 52 episodes, 53 episodes, I believe now. Huge milestone. Huge milestone. Weight off your shoulders. You survived the dangers of pod fade at this point. It's a part of your routine. You're in it. You're killing it. Got a lot of the same friends. You guys are doing great work. I think the greatest thing I've gleaned from Whiskey and Watches podcast is my new favorite Canadian whiskey, the Kirkland Signature. 
It's a winner. Canadian whiskey. Fantastic. My other favorite thing about your guys' podcast is oftentimes we are interviewing similar folks at similar times. Sometimes you get them first. Sometimes we get them first. We always get them best. <laughs> <laughs> I really do enjoy, uh, you, you know, going in after the episodes and listening to your interview because there's always something in there that I didn't expect or a great question, something I, I didn't expect you to get to. Uh, it's a ton of fun. Uh, I really, really appreciate what you guys are doing. I love what you guys bring to the space. It's great having more like-minded folks who just want to have fun, talk to people, and learn. Really good job, guys. We do know your names, all four of you. Econ. Congratulations. <laughs> Sometimes there's four of us on the show. Uh, when Ryan shows up, the tw- twice he's been on, or when we have a, a guest, I guess they're, they're all honorary hosts. Sure. Um, thanks, guys. Uh, I, I, I've been, I got to know Everett a little bit because he mans their social media accounts, just like I man our social media accounts. And uh, it is funny when we have the same guest on specifically in the same week, a la Laurier, at least once, <laughs> maybe <laughs> twice. Um, but uh, I have a coffee like this better. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's been fun. I actually, we, you know, we, we, we all joke, we listen to each other's podcasts and it's always interesting to hear. I specifically for what they do, I absolutely love their deep dives into something very specific, which I don't have the attention span for to do the research on, but they do. And that's really impressive. So uh, we appreciate the kind words. Um, and it was fun. It's always been fun talking with them. And I think maybe at some point we've talked about doing a crossover. I don't know if we could handle all five. Uh, that just be, that would be a lot of people. Um, but we're going to have at least one of them on at some point as a guest. Um, because I, I don't, I haven't really, I need to go back and listen to more of their back episodes, um, to see, you know, what's in the collection. I know what's in the recent collection, but gotta see, uh, maybe we'll have them on, but anyway, thanks boys. Hey, a- anyone that, uh, loves Costco whiskey is a friend of mine. Not, not only do I enjoy your podcast, but I enjoy your, your take on my favorite whiskey. <laughs> yeah, this is uh this is Egon here guys. Um, uh what were their names? Andy and Everest. Um, it doesn't matter. Um thanks for the shout out everybody you guys. Uh it means a lot. I definitely uh have listened to a few of your podcasts. All you with Spencer deep dives are pretty they're pretty great. Uh so props to you for doing that. And uh always good to uh share the space with uh, a couple like-minded individuals. So Thanks for the shout out. <laughs> we should talk about some new uh, some new watches, um, considering that a lot have been released lately. Um, should we talk about the most controversial first? I mean, not controversial, but like the one that everyone has really strong opinions on. Um, and of course, that would be the new Bulgari. I'm just kidding. We'll get to the Bulgari later. We're clearly <laughs> talking about the Zenith Chronomaster El Primero or the Chronomaster Sport. Chronomaster, think, sure. yeah, yeah, whatever they decide to call it, it's it, it's it's a forty-one millimeter El Primero with a really trick movement, but everybody's freaking out about that ceramic bezel. Does anybody want to start with this? You can. <laughs> I, I will go for it. Um, so yeah, everyone is up in arms, obviously, because this watch looks a little bit like another watch that we all may may know just like a little bit uh something with a five-pointed crown and a five-year wait list (laughs) if you're lucky 
Um, but you know, I I'm of the mindset that I I'm giving Zenith props to this watch because obviously you know it looks like a Daytona. Let's just get that out of the way. It looks like a Daytona, but Rolex doesn't corner the market. They don't. That's not their thing to have a ceramic bezel on a watch. Anybody can do that. And it just so happens that that dial from Zenith looks honestly nothing like a Daytona dial. And for crying out loud, it has a date on it. Ooh, ooh. watch out, guys. Uh, it has a date on it. It has the iconic Zenith tricolored subdials. Um, and, you know, sure, the polished bracelet does, you know, mimic the Daytona a little bit. But for all intents and purposes, I people are calling it an homage. I really don't see it as that. I really don't. Um, it has its own, it's, it's 100% Zenith. You look at the dial, it's 100% Zenith. It's just the black ceramic bezel, um, that makes it look like a Daytona. And, you know, would I buy one? If I had the funds and I was in the market for a chronograph, this would be at the top of my list because Spence, I love your, uh, your El Primero. I think between that, the new one that came out and the one that you own, I think I would still go for yours. Um, because I, I don't know. I like the bezel, but for whatever reason, the one-tenth of a second wording on it and the the hash marks all around, it kind of just throws it off for me, Um, which, you know, some people may like that. I am personally of the camp that I really don't, but I mean, just all all around, I think it's a great watch. The movement's top-notch. Everything about it screams Zenith aside from that ceramic bezel, and yeah. People stop me to get the, getting their uh, panties up in a knot over this. It's a great looking watch, everyone. Come to your senses. Yeah. Pe- people say that it looks like a Daytona. Do you know the reason why we know what a Daytona looks like? <laughs> there's a thing called the internet, and then there's also the product booklet that they give you at the authorized dealer to go away uh, because they don't have any actual Daytonas to show you. <laughs> I heard a myth they don't actually exist. Now, now, Buzzy, that's not exactly fair. We not have exactly seen more. Fair. Yes. Buzzy and I, and Spangler missed out on it by a half hour. Mm-hmm. We were able to try on a white ceramic Daytona uh, before we started the podcast at one of the, the meetups pre-COVID that uh, the four of us had pre-Red Bar. Maybe post-Red Bar? I don't remember. You were in town. It was, it was, it was in December of 2019. So it would have been right around or right before whiskey and watches then, or right after, like whatever it was. Right after, right after that, right before the podcast. Yeah, they had they had one in. Clearly, it was spoken for because all of them are. But we did get to try one on. So I, I know what I know what. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's clutch. It is. It's a great watch. Like, but also the fact that the guy of of us three that didn't get to try one on can remember the year and month that it happened where his other two friends got to try one on tells you how you just can't buy one. <laughs> yeah. It is. Yeah. I don't think a lot of other watches uh, have that effect on people buzz. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. The it, it's gorgeous. Spencer's Zenith is just, so spot on i don't know whether i would go with that one or the new chronomaster sport but unlike a lot of 
watches uh, that that we're talking about. You could actually get hands on with both of them and just decide which one you like better. Um, so I, I don't really think that you could make a bad choice either way. Um, yeah, people people use ceramic for bezels now. It's a thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, the horse is out of the barn. I mean, you could say that my Omega Seamaster 300 with the white ceramic dial and the black bezel is another version of a Daytona homage, even though it is not a chronograph. Um, It's a color combination that is is very, you know, it's very common. People, you're right. People use ceramic bezels all the time. Um, My Notice has a ceramic bezel, Uh, fully loomed ceramic bezel, by the way, which again, more people should be doing. like just like in that Oris that we had for a really long time, uh, more people should be doing um, loomed chronograph hands on the subdials and the seconds hand. You should be doing more of that. People pay attention. I want to know how to time stuff in the dark. I don't think the Zenith does that, but you know, whatever. Um, I, you know, I, the, the I like I like the look of it. Yes, it it does look a decent amount like a Daytona, but it has its own. You know, convenient. I'll call this one a convenience feature, not screw down crowns or not mm-hmm. screw down pushers, because I'd actually yeah. like to use them conveniently. Um, show me a Daytona owner who's actually used his Daytona to time something recently. Um, let us all not forget. And, and people keep talking about, well, of all brands, Zenith has the right to do this. I mean, in fairness, yes, there are some Daytonas that have been known to have the Zenith El Primero movement in them. Uh, Rolex did Rolex did the really weird thing. How, who'd have had who'd have thought that I mispronounced Rolex instead of Omega tonight? That was fun. Really just put a roll it. <laughs> there it is. Um, they detuned it so it would still go at twenty eight eight instead of thirty six thousand, which is a weird move. Um, but you know it is what it is. The um, the Chronomaster Sport. It I kind of agree with Spangler to a degree on the bezel. Marking, seeing something that goes to 10 is a little weird. Now that marathon that we had, um, had the same, not on the bezel, but that did have, it had a lot going on. Uh, granted it was 46 millimeters, so it had a lot of room. Uh, so you could pull it off the marathon. Uh, 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 that was the CSAR, the, the, it's like Seiko reference numbers. I don't quite, they're, they're all similar enough that I get them confused. (laughs) Um, but, uh, that watch had in the inner scale, not on the dive bezel, because that had a dive timer. It had the hundredths, and I was like, "Well, so what's what's going on there?" He's like, "Oh, decimal time for timing things to you know for for the military because reports are easier to file that way." I was like, "That makes sense." Uh, and in fairness, the El Primero that I have, the thirty-eight millimeter, you can also discern the tenths of a seconds. It's just a lot smaller because it's not; it doesn't have the trick. Uh, it, it goes around once every minute instead of once every ten seconds. Um, I think it's really cool that they're finding ways to, you know, alter that movement in a way that you can make it easier to read the time. I still have a soft spot for the Defy, which is a massive chronograph and even more expensive. And I don't know that I'm really into the skeletonized stuff. Um, I do have that soft spot for the Oris PPX though. Um, But I just, I love creative ways to push the envelope from a tech perspective and push the envelope from a timing perspective, because that's what these things are designed to do. They're tools to tell the time. So being able to easily read off tenths of a second and see that thing just, you know, check its way around, you know, to to 10 seconds, it's it's really neat. It's a really cool thing to see. Um, 
so I, I, I like it quite a bit. Um, if presented the choice between the two that the one that I own and the one and this one, if I didn't already own the one that I own, I'm not sure. My only thing there would be, I would, this is one of those where you would like to try one on because 41 millimeters is, it's an interesting size. It's the same size as the black Bay. It's obviously thinner. It's only 13.4 millimeters thick. Whereas the black Bay is 14 and a half, I think if not bigger. Um, Mm -hmm. but the Zenith that I have is also right around 13, maybe a little bit more, but the way it's set up, it's kind of got like a slightly domed crisp. It wears thinner like it's it's one of those like some of the orises that we've had where you're like just the way it fits your wrist is a little bit thinner uh the case shape looks at least the the flanks and the lugs they look like they're cut like the a386 uh which is i was talking with mike stockton our buddy from fratello and we don't have the same the one that i have isn't exactly a hundred percent a386 but it is close it's as close as they currently make um, so it, it's kind of got that shape. The only thing that I think is not a letdown by any means, because obviously it goes with the style of watch. It would have been neat to see if they would have done like a slightly different bracelet. Like don't, I get that there's some polish, like the, the different chamfers on the center lugs and they're curved a little bit. It does look an awful lot like a polished oyster bracelet though. So like the one that's on mine is a three link design, but it's a butterfly clasp. It's it, there's no taper, which is a plus and a minus, I guess. Um, it just, it would have been interesting to see them do something slightly different from a bracelet perspective. Um, but you know, to call it an homage, I think that's a little bit, a little bit of a bridge too far. It looks like it, but it's a, it's a popular design. It's a popular colorway. It's got the, you know, like we said, it has the, the tricolor sub dials, uh, that is, that is very much Zenith. And let's not forget that the Zenith El Primero with those color, with that colorway came out in 69 was one of the first, if not the first automatic chronograph. And the movement was good enough that for a very long time, Rolex decided to put it in the Daytona. So, uh, you know, it, and, and like we all talked about, if you're in, in the market for a chronograph and the El Primero is on your list, you can go into a Zenith dealer, which there isn't exactly one close to us, but that's another issue. Um, and try one on and try hopefully both colorways on and try the 38 millimeter that I have and try the 42 millimeter that looks a lot like the one that I have that they make and try on a, a Stratos or try on the A384, uh, the 37 millimeter one that has the angular case that has the subdials that don't mm-hmm. touch. Try on the ladder bracelet, try on the oyster bracelet, try on the, the butterfly. You can go and get these. My guess is you could probably even get a discount on some of them. Or you could like, try on... Or you could try on the Defy Classic. You could. Just any of these things. Any of these things. You can go see them, probably work out a little bit of a deal even with an AD. Uh, and they're they're a fantastic in-house chronograph that beats faster than most of the ones on the market. Um, I think it's great. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad it exists. I We've always been of the opinion of, even if it's not for me, I'm glad it exists. And I don't know, I feel like, Sometime in the next three to five years, maybe that black dial one fits in my collection. Not quite sure. Um, maybe used, maybe at a discount, maybe I get a steal. And, you know, I, you can't say any of that about the Daytona. Not that I had a burning desire for one by any means. It's a great watch. But the Midwesterner in me is like, I don't know. This is this is another good looking watch. It's got a lot going on for it. It's got a, it's got a cooler, you know, flying seconds hand. 
maybe this is the one that I go with. I don't know. There's going to, it'll be interesting to see how it does. My guess is it does well. And then, but people who are on the wait list for the Daytona, my plan is they're probably not taking themselves off the wait list for the Daytona. So in three to five years, when they get that call and they decide they don't need two watches that look similar enough in their collection, guess who's going to snag that, that Zenith used for cheap. This guy. <laughs> That's the plan. What about the plan? Devious. <laughs> well, before we move on to another another couple of watches that uh, have or haven't, um, let's go ahead go ahead and hear from another buddy from the Carolina Watch Club uh, down in South Carolina. Our buddy, uh, bearded Southern gentleman. Good afternoon, Buzz Spence and Evan. This is listener number six of seven, a.k.a. Bearded Southern Gentleman, checking in to wish you guys a happy year anniversary of the podcast. Know that I appreciate all the insight, knowledge, and great interviews thus far. Keep up the great work. Oh, that one was actually pretty nice. (laughs) (laughs) You know... Uh, thank, thanks for uh, for sending that in. Uh, I, I don't know which podcast you're actually watching to when you said knowledge, but we, we can do all right with the interviews. You know? <laughs> we do. Yeah, I'll second what Buzz said there. Yeah, uh, Brian's a, a good friend of the show, um, and uh, he's got his own little uh, little show on Instagram that they do, Two Talk in Time. I don't know how long they've been doing it. I've definitely tuned in quite a bit during the pandemic. Uh, they just go through. It's kind of like our collector conversations. They go through, and it is video, so you actually get to see people, which is kind of scary for the three of us. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we've got. Uh, you, I enjoy going. That's actually, I got this. That's how I know what Ryan looks like, even though he doesn't know what we look like. You know, that's what we did. Um, but no, it's, it's fun to see them. You know, working through the uh, the rest of their Carolina Watch Club, which is a good group. If you guys don't follow them on Instagram, I've really enjoyed the recent Noah's Ark challenge. I hope everybody has enjoyed the random paintings of animals that I have in my basement from previous homeowners who homeschooled their kids down here. There are maps, there are continents, there are animals, and I have at least three pairs of animals on my wall. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed those posts this week. It's been a lot of fun. Um, So thanks, Bryant. And uh, again, probably at some point, another future guest, um, just because he's a good guy to chat with. And, you know, he's pretty polished. He's got a little show that he hosts. He's uh, he'll, he'll definitely, uh, definitely be good on, on air. So, um, speaking of, of watches that have come out, should we talk about watches that have come out or watches that you couldn't get that you can't get anymore? <laughs> yeah, I, I was just going to say how, how you were talking about the Daytona wait list. And if you're on the Daytona wait list, you're going to have a lot better luck than if you're on the approximately 10 year long paddock 5711 <laughs> wait list, because unfortunately that that sweet, sweet steel model has gone the way of the St. Louis Battlehawks and the rest of the XFL, which I really loved, by the way. That's God, I miss the XFL. That was good stuff. It was? Yes, it was freaking excellent. A lot of the guys that uh from from uh, XFL have actually made it into NFL. It it was going good. I was unaware. I mean, any sports league founded by the founder of the, uh, I don't even know what it's called, the WWE these days, the WWF in prior years, I think that's just gold entertainment either way. 
I remember XFL 1.0 with he hate me and like the rest of the the crazy nonsense. Oh yeah, bunch of nonsense. It was. Uh, it was great nonsense. Isn't one of the quarterbacks from one of those teams now the head coach of the Purdue Boilermakers? <laughs> That's a good question. I have no idea. Jeff Bra. I think he. I think he was. He was a quarterback for one of the XFL teams after college, and now he's a, <laughs> he's the head coach for Purdue. Brom. Anyway, weird segue. But yes, you not that you could get a fifty-seven eleven. Not that you could, but now no. you can't. Well, if you had like seventy grand, you could. Well, if you had seventy grand, you could. Now it's going to take you about a hundred, if not more, uh, to get a uh, a three hand and date fifty seven eleven, um, which. I mean, let's be real. There's probably going to be a 6711 if we can take some liberties or whatever they decide to call it. I can't imagine they're not going to come out. Although they're Patek, maybe they just decide to say, you know, forget it to the watch and do this. Which is a total Patek move. Oh, it would be. We know you want it. We know you want it, but you're not going to get it. Exactly. And we don't care. And neither is your kid totally. who you're going to pass it down to because you don't ever actually own a Patek. There's probably a really cool leasing program they're going to come out with because you don't actually ever own it. You just lease it until you finally have it paid. They're just going to pay. <laughs> it's a weird leasing program, though, because they don't depreciate. They up- Are they going to pay you to take? I don't know how this works. Um, <laughs> you're the one get- on the financial. Yeah, we're not going to get into math like that on this podcast. <laughs> Strong. I just... Strong residuals are the key to attractive lease offers. Well, then I would say you should just let me have that 5711 for free because you could then take it used and sell it for 2x or 3x retail. Um, anyway, yeah, I, you got to think they're coming out with something else, right? Well, I mean, here's, here's my rant with this whole scheme that Patek is doing right now. I don't know why you discontinue a watch without having its next gen model already planned and like introduced there, there's no reason to do that unless you want to just jump up the appreciation value for the watch already, which gives them, there's no reason why they should be doing that because they're not getting that value off the secondhand market or maybe they are, you know, who knows? Well, we know we joked about that in the red bar chat. We were like, apparently he was so mad that they were going for that much in the, in the secondary market. And, you know, the 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 precious metal Pateks that have insane complications, which they pride themselves in, uh, were going for discounts or, or you're not, not moving. So he decided to discontinue it and make the problem worse. Do they not teach economics in Switzerland? Is that not a thing they do? <laughs> no, but I think they just know they're going to sell anyway. Yeah, they understand sure. the concept of spite, though, apparently. <laughs> they do. Yeah, it just makes no sense to me. Why discontinue it just for the prices to soar to exponential levels in the secondary market without having a next-gen replacement? But it's, you know, Thierry Stern, he's, you know, I've read interviews. He was like, I, I know that people want this much. I'm not going to do anything about it. And, you know, it, it goes, it makes sense why he would do this weird move of discontinuing the 5711 without a next-gen replacement to it. It's so Patek. I I honestly think the explanation is they do it because they can. You know, they you're right. There's there's no way that they capture the value of of this insane secondary market. I mean, whatever the the goodwill and brand value of it, uh, 
can't be eclipsed by the revenue that you could make by producing those next marginal watches. <laughs> so my guess would be they're going to let this go for a little bit, or they've got one ready to go because for a while earlier in the week, it wasn't confirmed necessarily um, that this was it. It has been since, but it wasn't confirmed that they were actually going to do this. The rumor is now that they've got a non-steel version of this coming out, either in titanium or platinum or what have you. Um, but my guess would be, you know, I was listening to Scottish Watches earlier. Uh, they dropped an episode today um, about the 5711 loosely, among other topics as always. But, um, you know, it had about a 10-year production run and about three or four years ago, they upped the prices by 20% because they could, because there were still wait lists and people were willing to pay. Well, I mean, clearly people are willing to pay at least two X retail even now to get one um, because it's the hype watch, but um, which is weird because it was the second one he did. Like, let's talk about that. It was the, the also, and also because the Royal Oak was first, but we'll get into, that's not a, an entirely different topic. Um, my guess is you're going to see a 20 to 50% price hike in whatever its replacement is, because why wouldn't they come out with something that can print money? Um, Cause there's highly doubtful that there's, you know, it costs them that much to make it um, comparatively to what they can sell it for. So why not? It was what? 40,000 retail, 40,000 MSRP, something like that. I thought it was like 35 or 36, something like that. Well, whatever. I mean, 40 to 35. Yeah, sure. I mean, they were going for 70 to 80 plus, and now they're going for over 100, which is, again, insane. Um, So why not come out with something at 50 to 55 in steel with time only? Because quote unquote upgraded movement. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Maybe it'll hack. (laughs) Maybe it'll hack. (laughs) I don't, know, maybe, not hack I don't know. Maybe it did. I've I've heard that like the first jet, one of the one of the one of the Vacheron Constantin overseas doesn't hack, and it's like I don't know, man. For twenty five, twenty that whatever whatever they're worth, like whatever they sell for eighteen, maybe it should hack. <laughs> Although in fairness, my El Primero doesn't hack, and it doesn't really bother me that much. So again, we don't really use these things to keep accurate time anymore. But it's just one of those things that you're like, okay, I guess I'm just gonna fiddle with this. Cool. Um, but yeah, I. <laughs> It will be truly amazing if they come out with a three-hander to replace this that you can decide, like, I will buy this watch or I will buy a no-options Chevy Tahoe. Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. Pretty much. (laughs) You could buy a two-year-old Chevy Tahoe loaded for that watch. No, you can't. (laughs) No. Three years. Maybe. I think you'd be surprised. Now, uh, full full size trucks are incredibly good at retaining value in truck based SUVs. I don't even know what a Chevy Tahoe is, so that's a shame. I'm, I'm yeah. not in this fight. We'll talk about this off air because I just bought a a, a, a competitor to that that was one year old. <laughs> Maybe that's the way you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's true. <laughs> well, I mean, I think we should at least briefly touch upon the uh, the Bulgari Octo Finissimo that came out. There's two. Uh, one that if you're into time only three hander, uh, I mean, technically sub seconds, but you know, whatever. They have a new uh, 
steel version with a steel dial, which a little bit harder to tell the time, but my guess is if you're into this watch, you don't really care because the vertical brushing on that dial really contrasts well with the radial brushing on the, but it's, it's a good looking watch. The, uh, I do like we, I got to try on our buddy, uh, normal sinus rhythm has the titanium version of this, which is insanely light, uh, almost too light for my taste. It's pretty phenomenal, but the, uh, increased water resistance of the steel version, which is a little bit thicker and a little, and obviously quite a bit heavier, um, from 30 meters to hundred meters makes it kind of a, a better watch to wear on a daily basis. Um, mm -hmm. but that new GMT chrono that they've got blue dial, white sub dials, excuse me. Uh, that is, I would love to try one of those on because they're a little bit wider and a little bit bigger than the, the standard Octo, but man, it's a gorgeous looking watch. Yeah. Yeah. It, it looks sweet. That, that whole family, is just a work of art and um i i do like the fact that there are little plots of loom uh, mm. on the dial on the gmt chrono because that silvered one the dial work is very pretty but uh zero loom on the dial anywhere so it's going to be difficult to read both in in all lighting conditions really uh, yeah. yeah i i like those i like the octo family very sharp yeah. and, and i'm just a sucker for a good panda styled watch and uh you know this one obviously is not panda this would be i guess a blue you could call it a, re a reverse blue panda is that, that. Can we sure. that yeah okay sure uh and you know i i think it looks great uh the, the there is a marker at 12 with just a giant 12 which honestly if i would critique one thing about this watch is to just make that just another simple uh marker just like the other stuff on the dial just to keep it symmetrical but uh other than that i think I, i've got no gripes about this watch uh, i love chronographs uh, and the combination with the GMT, this watch, you know, if you know this watch, you, you've seen the coverage of it, the previous generations before and how hyped it was. And I mean, there's not much to be said about it that already hasn't been said. But I mean, the colorway is great. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a fantastic watch. I like there's really nothing... Yeah, I can critique on it. My only thing would be like maybe a 60 minute totalizer instead of a 30 minute because it's only a 30 minute chronograph, but I mean, the movement's so thin. I don't think that really plays into it at all, but like, yeah, these things are unbelievable. And again, one of those things where you can go into an AD and try it on. Maybe, maybe not the right colorway necessarily. If they're, if they're a little bit hot, like we kind of joked about it with the Zenith as well in our red bar group chat. It's like, you know, maybe if you want the black one instead of the white one, maybe they sold the black one that they had or the two black ones that they had and you got to wait like a month until they get another shipment. That's not a wait list. That's just getting the one you want, you know, the next time it comes in. <laughs> uh, and I think it's kind of the yeah. same thing with the Bulgari. I mean, these things, the other version was a record setter in the titanium, but again, only 30 meters of water resistance. The steel version, a little bit wider, a little bit thicker, still insanely thin like we're still talking sub nine if not sub eight 
millimeters yeah, just ridiculous. on a yeah. GMT chrono. I mean, just let that sink in with a hundred meters of water resistance, screw down crown, mm-hmm. not screw down pushers. Cause we know that's annoying. Um, just like the specs on this thing are unbelievable and yes, it's pricey, but it's cheaper than the titanium version. Probably a better daily wear. I mean, yes, 16.5 is insanely expensive, but you can go get one. Again, you can't go get a Daytona. <laughs> there are certainly, you, you never could, but you can't go get a 57.11. It's a struggle to get a Royal Oak. <laughs> like there are, there are things that, uh, you know, they don't get the hype for some reason or they do, but they're still readily available. That's cool. Like, yeah, I still and that's the thing. These, that's the thing with Bulgari that I just have never, and also you can say Vashon to a certain extent, as to how these watches, especially this Bulgari, I never thought. I mean, I really felt that when Genta came up with the design for the Royal Oak and the Nautilus, those were the gold standard when it came to integrated sports watches. And granted, this isn't really an integrated sports watch, but it does give the look. But for something made in the 21st century that rivals that in terms of design, this watch does not get enough credit that it really deserves. Because this is a fantastic design that came out in modern times that it's just unbelievable that people, especially people that are fans of the Nautilus, the Royal Oak, aren't gravitating to this watch more. And you can say the same thing about the um, the overseas as well. Um, it just surprises me because this this case design, everything about it, the bracelet too, is just so original and it's just so good in every aspect of it. I think a lot of it has to do with the perceived. Now, if you, if you want to hear a really good podcast about this, and this is where I'm getting it from, go to Fratello, the one that Rob did with the guy from Ace Jewelers in the Netherlands and Amsterdam. They've been a Bulgari retailer for quite some time. Essentially, the whole inside story is the Bulgari family is really into watches and they started like taking the right steps in the last mm-hmm. you know, 20 years or maybe even longer. They, they they own the Genta brand. They brought him on board before he passed away. So they own that. A couple of, you know, I don't, he didn't really do the design of this, but you can definitely see some inspiration. It's, it's definitely a new thing. But I think the whole concept of it, and this is coming from a retailer who carries Bulgari as well as other, you know, brands, is... The folks who get it, it it's kind of like Grand Seiko. Grand Seiko is, oh, why would you spend that much money on a Seiko? There's a lot of reasons, like holy fright. Um, but again, it's it, <laughs> the, the timeless limited edition version that I got. Um, that came out a year before I got it, at least, almost a year before I got it. And they still had a couple of them left. And I, it's, a, it's one of my favorite watches. It's a beautiful watch. I love wearing it. If we were in the office every day, I'd be wearing it a ton. We're just not, so I rotate a lot. But it... <laughs> The same thing with Bulgari. It's the stigma of, oh, oh, well, that's an Italian jewelry brand. Like that's, it's not, they're known for the Serpentine for all the lady stuff. It's like, this thing's a killer. It is a phenomenal piece of modern design. It is, if you go in 25 years, when you look back on the 2000 and teens to 2020s, they'll be like, holy cow, the Octo, that was it. Like that was the pinnacle of innovative design and watchmaking. Not only that, not only the design, but the movement achievements that they've done. And that's all in how it's just, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And my one final thing here is that you have to understand that Bulgari is not just a watch brand. Like they're a fashion brand in general. I mean, this is like Cartier. And you don't see Cartier coming. What's that? It's that's part of the stigma. It's, it's a fashion brand. It's making killer watches. Yeah. 
And you have to give these people credit. Like, watches are not the only thing that this brand does, but they have just put so much effort into making these that they've come up with fantastic designs. Fantastic. The movement in this watch is just unbelievable. It's bonkers. I don't know what, what the, the stats are on the thickness, but it's for a fashion brand, this new one, 8.75 millimeters thick, the movement even thinner than that. To put that much energy and that much capital into developing these watches when you're not a full watch brand, props to them. Well, that's the thing. They out-watch brand a lot of watch brands. It's it's incredible. Mm-hmm. There's just so much creative energy, so much you know fumosity there. And also, by the way, it's not unique to the Octo, but I really appreciate that they do the U, like all the really old buildings over in Rome and Europe, make it a V so it's easier to chisel into stone. That's dope. I'll <laughs> keep it up. Not that you were ever going to change it and, and not the, that the fact that I like it would change your plans at all. But that's dope. <laughs> well, I think we got one more from a buddy over at Fratello. One more well wish. So we'll go ahead and let, let that play. Hey, guys. This is Mike from Fratello. I wanted to congratulate all of you, Michael, Buzz, and Evan, on the one-year anniversary of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. You guys have podcasted week in and week out over the past year, um, and it has really provided a welcome distraction from what has been a wild year. I've looked forward to listening every week. I've only got two requests uh, for 2021 and your, your second year of podcasting. First off, if you have me back... I want Evan to be on the show. Um, He's avoided me twice now in a year where um, traveling wasn't so typical, and he's always managed to travel when I come on. So I have to wonder about that. And number two, I think you know at Fratello, we're close to a certain brand in Switzerland. And I needed to inform you, uh, you've been woefully wrong about both Omega and Omega. In fact, it is Omega which is uh, a little bit short for, oh my God, when you see those new watches. Congrats again, guys. Thanks. Well, we really enjoyed having Mike on a couple of times. He's been a, one that we've stayed in touch with quite a bit too. So it's, he's, whenever we don't, and let's be honest, we don't get a lot of press stuff. We get some press stuff. Uh, oddly enough, we got the Zenith one. Uh, not quite sure how we got on that list, but I'm glad we did. <laughs> um but whenever, uh, whenever we have a question about something that came up, released, Mike's really good about sending us, hey, here's what we got at Fratello. After they, of course, released the article or whatever, because, you know, we're not on the right distribution list. But if we're ever we need any information, he's really good about that. And he's a really good friend of the show. Um, so we appreciate him uh, not only being a guest, but staying in touch and uh, and hanging out with people uh, people back stateside. So um, I haven't got anything else. I mean, I think that that covered a lot of ground. There was some big news this week. And we had a birthday. Go us. <laughs> yeah. How to get one last one in? Absolutely. Uh, everyone that that sent in some well wishes, uh, just my sincere thanks. Um, it it's been so much fun. Uh, it, it's still kind of amazing that people tune in to listen to us talk about watches you know these silly little things that we like that we wear on our wrists it's been a a very fun year and just 
Thank you. Also, Spence. Yeah, you got no bagel sport in your future, baby. Worth I can't me. wait. I I even threw that one out there, thinking, "All right, I'm not going to screw this up. I'll do one sort of intentionally and see." And you guys, you towed the line. I'm impressed <laughs> with my co-hosts. I don't want to say yeah. for once, but like, good job, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell someone's a little bit salty about this. Yeah, you want to make it to year two, mister? (laughs) This is the guy who runs the hosting, runs the distribution, runs the social media. You're right. Yeah, let's see if we can make it to year two. (laughs) (laughs) No, but to... to Whoa, whoa, whoa whoa there. (laughs) I'm literally here to tell jokes, friends. This is very accurate. No, I obviously... um, like Buzzy said, a sincere thanks to all of the listeners. We know there's more than seven of you, but it, it helps us stay grounded uh, when we joke because uh, we know we're not the biggest podcast. We enjoy the fact that you guys tune in every week uh, to hear us talk about, like Buzzy said, the, the little machines that we like to tell time. Um, obviously, we uh, joked with the people writing in to be a little bit sarcastic to help keep us grounded because we know you all have sat through other podcasts where everybody's listening in. Yeah, Buzz is flashing me the bagel sport. Cool. Um <laughs> That doesn't sound like a watch. I should I should phrase that it is. We're very aware that's a watch. Flashing you the bagel sport sounds like something different. Uh, but yeah, we, sorry we, for the derail. You were being yeah. very like, yeah. <laughs> you had to, um, but no, we 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 really do appreciate it. We obviously instructed, not instructed, but we were joking. Hey, it'd be funny if you guys joked about this um, because it, it this this hobby we all enjoy it, and I, we hope that you all do too. But it, it's not something to be taken overly seriously. Like we, we joked with our buddy, bro, all of the stuff going on with the Zenith. Oh, it's a Daytona ripoff. No, whatever. It's another watch. If you don't like it, that's fine. That doesn't mean somebody else can't like it. Uh, although anybody who says it's an Omega Speedmaster, dang it. I did it again. An Omega Speedmaster ripoff is it's not, <laughs> it's nothing like a speedy, nothing, nothing like a speedy. Anyway. Um, yeah, we really enjoy keeping it grounded. The hobby is supposed to be fun. Obviously, we like to have fun with it. We don't take it too seriously. So instead of parading a bunch of well-wishers, which we you know, we, we could have done, we could have had, we thought it would be more fun to, to have a little bit of a joke, have a little bit of fun. Um, because, you know, the other folks in the space really enjoy it. They enjoy having a good time. Everybody that, you know, we reached out to who we knew would do this is like, oh, that sounds hilarious. Yeah, I'm in. Um, which is what makes the community a ton of fun. So thank you all for listening. Uh, we're not going to be ending anytime soon. I hope not at least unless you guys do stop listening. Um, but keep tuning in. We're going to keep talking nonsense. I know Spangler loves the nonsense. So uh, that's where we're at. That's what my life is going to Exactly. Um, so here's to year one. Let's see where year two brings us and uh, stay tuned. We're going to enjoy this. See ya. Listening to another episode of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. If you like what you hear, please take the time to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. We are enthusiasts, not experts, so don't at us. But you can find us on Instagram at whiskey.and.watches.podcast. Also, visit our website at zeitswatches.com. Zeitz is spelled Z-E-I-T-Z.